Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 162. So we are so excited to bring you guys this interview today. You guys know that Catherine and I love to interview other podcasters. It's just so interesting to hear how other people producing similar content tick and why they got into it and everything like that. So our guests today are Rachel and Keenan from the Part of Our World podcast. Of course, you can find them on any kind of podcast platform and also Part of Our World net. So Keenan and Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to chat with you. First things first, if you could introduce yourselves and if you want to, you can tell us one random fact that we may not know about you from social media. Well, hi, I'm Keenan. Thanks for having us guys. We're very excited to be doing the show with you. I would say that one random fact about me that people would not know from social media is that I've seen the band Fish almost 50 times. So many times. And Rachel cringes when I say that. <laughs> Just a lot of times. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, hi, I'm Rachel. And I guess a random fact about me in that vein is my favorite band is Hanson. You might know that from social media, though. But I'm actually going to see them next week, and I'm very excited. So, and it's my bucket list item to go see them at Food, food and Wine because they perform there. Yes. Yeah, so our it was Josh, right? Mm-hmm. Our friend Josh, who's part of Magnetic Flux Co. I cannot remember what episode they're a part of, but he went when they were at Food and Wine. I guess they had a tasting event for mm, hops for their beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. got to go to that. And they got to. The, he asked him a really funny question, but I can't remember what it is now. Yeah, I don't remember either. Oh, it was like, what are you going to name your next beer? Like, how do you top mm, hops? Right. And they, I don't think they had an answer for it. <laughs> they probably didn't think that far ahead yet. Right. Yeah, I don't know. But That's like a dream come true for Rachel. It is. But <laughs> Drinking yeah. M-Hops with the creators of M-Bop. At, at, at Disney. Disney. Yes. Man. Yes. That is a dream. <laughs> That's that, a dream. I it, mean, is, it is a I'm dream. I'm sure everyone agrees. So, <laughs> Fish, so are they playing different sets each time? Like, how how is that... How do you stay intrigued that many yeah, times? Why would you want to see them? Uh, they they're they're compared to the Grateful Dead in a lot of ways. Where every show they have a different set list, and they like to jam. So they'll they'll stretch out a song for 10, 15, 20 minutes, and thirty, forty sometimes, minutes. yeah. <laughs> and so you go for like the unique experience of it. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I, I spent a lot of time in my college years kind of chasing shows and going to show after show after show. So now I see maybe one a year if I'm lucky. Yeah. So I got most of them out of the way in college. Okay. It makes more sense so now. Hope- mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully we still have listeners after this introduction. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think people are really tuned in. I mean, yeah. <laughs> those are two very interesting facts that I don't think many people can rival. So... I, I think we're off to a good start. Yeah, okay. so to kick things off, we'll start with each of your Disney stories. So how did your love for Disney start, and then how has it grown over time? Rachel, I'll let you take this one first. Okay. Well, for me, I just you know grew up loving the Disney movies and 
could always be caught in front of Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid or, you know, any of those ones of that, you know, that Renaissance era as they were all coming out. Um, They're just popping out as the kids call them bangers yes. <laughs> um, during my childhood. So I was just obsessed. And um, so that's really where it started. I love the music. I just loved watching the movies and, but I never got to go to the parks as a kid. Um, and so like, even when Keen and I, we were dating, like we had a common um, interest in it like we would go see the Pixar movies on date nights and stuff like that like we'd always agree on let's watch a Disney movie mm-hmm. um, but we didn't really know the level of love that we had for it I mean I always wanted to go to Disney as a kid I just never could and that was always the dream and then we got the opportunity to go with Keenan's family um, just like four years ago so when I was 30 was my first Disney trip and um, of course that was just like, you know, all of the dreams coming true and, um, yeah, kind tears of, of joy. Yes. Literal tears of joy on more than one occasion at the park. So I think from there, I mean, I was already, I mean, you know, I was also like listening to Disney Pandora channel, you know, by myself as an adult, you know, the signs, but yeah. So the signs are all there. Is that what you meant? Yeah. So, yeah. So once I went to the parks, it was game over. And that's like all I ever wanted to talk about. Yeah. We became kind of obsessed after that 2016 trip. I One of our big regrets is never – or not never, but one of our big regrets is not going to Walt Disney World for our honeymoon. Like, it would have made the most sense. Yeah. I mean we had a great honeymoon, but in hindsight, we're just like, what were we thinking? Why did we not go to Walt Disney World? <laughs> Our first date was Cedar Point, which is a huge theme park here in Ohio. We've always loved theme parks. Uh, for some reason, it just never crossed our mind like, hey, we love Disney. We love theme parks. Let's do that for our honeymoon. Um, but it became clear once we went that it was like, okay, this is the – the obsession is real. This is a lifestyle. I, I went a bunch as a kid like every few years and – Again, loved theme parks and the Disney movies were great, but I I liked them as much as any other movie. They didn't like tip the scale or anything, but it was that 2016 trip that was just like, okay, this is this is we we're all about this now. Mm-hmm. Did you expect to really enjoy it that much? I know, like Keenan, you said you went growing up, going back as an adult, and with Rachel, did you expect for it to click like that, or was it kind of something that just happened and you realized that that you enjoyed it? you know, more than, more than a Cedar Point or a Kings Island or something like that? Yeah, it's a good question. We were pretty excited for it and we knew that it was going to be a great vacation, but no, the level of joy that we got from it and the, I don't know, it's just so magical. I think that's what I, the, the big takeaway was I didn't think as an adult it would be as magical as going as a kid, but that's exactly what makes Disney so fascinating is that you can go as an adult feel you feel like a kid again it is magical yeah. and that i think that was where it was just like oh i could keep doing this as an adult i don't need to make it about my son or the kids that we're going with like i i enjoy it. like we want to go this year for our 10 year anniversary just the two of us yep which would be great so hopefully we can make it happen but yeah hopefully so we would that would be so exciting i know that your was your last trip 
it was in July when we were down there at the same time, but unfortunately we never crossed paths, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So we probably like passed each other and we just never realized it <laughs> because I know there yeah. was one day like we were doing Epcot and then we got back to the hotel and I was watching your stories and you guys were in Epcot the same day, but it's crazy how. I know, we like just missed it. I was like, wait. I think, here yeah, right it was, now. yeah, I think yeah, we I think realized back at the hotel. we realized on we I think we stayed longer than you. And I think we realized on your last day or second to last day that we were there at the same time. And it was your last day, but we were different parks that day. And so I was like, yeah. well, not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. Next time we'll do better planning with other, you know, fellow podcasters and right. stuff. Make sure, sure you can meet up. Yeah. And now we've recorded our first episode in the parks. I can tell you things to do, things not to do. So maybe that we can make that happen down the road. But I want to learn more about that moment where you decided that you wanted to jump in and create part of our world. So what was the inspiration? What conversations took place to kind of get it off the ground and, and get things rolling? That was more of a, a Keenan thing. Yeah. I, I, I probably had this nagging desire for a, co a few good years where I, I've always done creative things and I I don't know I just felt like I wasn't I'm a teacher so I get to create for my classroom but I wanted to have something that I was putting out there for the world and just for like so, your enjoyment yeah, as well to enjoy doing it and to put it out there and get feedback and um, so it's kind of this nagging desire to do something like that and so it just kind of clicked where we found ourselves talking Disney all the time. I, it was simultaneous with listening to other Disney podcasts. And so there were a few that I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. And the conversations we're having are kind of like that. And I started watching YouTubes and stuff like that. So I approached her and I said, I have an idea. Uh, what if we started making Disney videos where we just kind of talked about our obsession with Disney and we can have different topics like, I, uh, one of our first ones, I know it was for a first topic that we talked about, but I don't think it was the first one we recorded, which was our most emotional songs, mm -hmm. most emotional Disney songs. So we're like, yeah, we'll just put on a camera and record and have these great conversations, but they weren't so great. <laughs> yeah. When we got a camera in front of us, we turned out to be pretty awkward. I mean, especially me. And he was obsessed with like the shot and how it looked and the lighting. And I'm just like, Oh, Hey, like it's a camera on me. Was, and I like freeze awkward. up and just in too worry. I'm just too vain, I guess. Like, of how <laughs> no, it's I, awkward. I mean, and you know, listening to your show, um, like Brandy and Dave's podcast where they talk to people who are content creators, everyone who starts off on YouTube for the most part feels awkward in front of the camera. But for us, it was sort of like one and done. We're not. We did a couple in front we of the camera, couple. but but after the first one, we were like, let's just do podcasts. Yeah. Let's not do YouTube videos. Yep. Just felt weird. So yeah. and now I'm now I'm in the process of making some. So trying to get back in front of it, <laughs> but no, Rachel, she's not allowed. <laughs> no, I'm not allowed. Maybe someday. Yeah. Well, I do think that's an interesting point because it's something that we have struggled with as well because especially on social media nowadays, like if I feel like that's the most prevalent theme through everything. Everybody says, oh, you have to create more video content. You have to create more video content, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is you're right. doing <laughs> now. I feel like that's the main focus. And sometimes it is. it seems like you're trying to fit 
a square peg into a round hole and you're just trying to make something work that isn't there. I just speaking for us personally, I still don't know if we figured out if it's something that long term works for us. Well, considering we keep giving up on it, I don't think so. <laughs> we keep <laughs> trying and then we'll do a few and then we'll stop. Yeah, because we keep thinking, well, maybe it's the type of this, the topics that we're talking about. Like maybe yeah. if we change the topics, then we'll enjoy it more and it'll be, it'll connect with people. And then it's like, oh, this is still really awkward and it's still something we're like really forcing ourselves to do. So I think that's an interesting kind of line that you have to play with of, is this something that's just difficult and I have to work through to get to where I'm comfortable and I'm confident in it? Or is it something that it's just legitimately not for me? So it, mm-hmm. I, I find it really interesting that Keenan, you're still going to go off and, and you're going to, you're still holding on to that, that you're going to try to make video part of your content. Yeah. Yeah. And the most video I do, it's like just Instagram stories. And since we don't like, we are not annual pass holders, we're not at the parks often. It's like, there's not really much I can put on stories besides like things that are sort of related to Disney that you know that we find in our world quote unquote you know because it's like i'm like well that kind of fits with the you know our podcast because it's part of our world both disney and not so i don't know i try to make it work yeah i think it is just kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't and what sticks and yeah and i think that's a good point and even just with your name in the part of your world that kind of goes with this next question But since you are in the same boat that we are with not being close to the parks and not having as much access to the parks as we probably want, does the podcast help cure some of those Disney blues that you might get from not being there? Oh, for sure. I think that was the one of the big reasons Mm -hmm. for the podcast, because it was like around the time where it was like an anniversary of like when we were last there and we're just like talking about remember this time last year or two years ago we were you know doing this and this and this and um so that was even like one of our second episodes was like how to cure the the disney blues like what to do to to help we said one thing is starting a podcast so you can talk (laughs) about it and find other disney weirdos like you and um so that's been good right and we say that kind of in jest like nobody should just go out and start a podcast just to cure the Disney blues. But it has been, I think a major way that we've dealt with it. So, and you know, it's part of it is we get to talk about Disney parks, but we also will talk about Disney movies. Um, like we just saw frozen two and reviewed that. Um, we will get guests on, we'll do tips, we'll do all sorts of stuff where it's just like, I don't know. It keeps the conversation going. I think if every episode for us, I think this works for other podcasts, but for us, if every episode was planning to take a trip or like park tips, that it would maybe get a little bittersweet after a while because it'd be like, well, we're talking about going, but the trip is way in the distance. Yeah. So in three years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I two points. A, we just listened to your Frisian to review today. I was very happy to hear most of the things that you said because I left the theater thinking that I was like the dumbest person on the planet that I did not understand the plot and it has been so refreshing to hear that so many other people 
couldn't <laughs> wrap their minds around it either. So just with the elements. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, There's a just lot, a lot going yeah. on. But we watched it again. So. We did. You, you just need. You just have to have a. We yeah. did. We got free tickets to this event where they had um, Anna, Elsa, uh, Olaf, Kristoff in costume for the kids to meet and free popcorn and stuff. It was great. Um, but we're like, yeah, we totally would see Frozen two again. And I will say, the second time around, a lot of the inconsistencies that I found in the plot the first time weren't there. Partly because you know the plot. But also, there's tons of foreshadowing. There's all these little things that, even if the plot's still a little convoluted, they at least give you clues that it's going to go down the way that it goes down. Well, that's good yeah. to know. Maybe there's hope for yeah. me. But I left <laughs> thinking like, yet. oh, every what? single other person in this theater like understood this, and I cannot wrap my mind around it. And then I like we talked about it, and you're like, well, I don't really know what that meant either. So, um, but. Just that discussion about how you guys cover so many different things between the parks and the movies, and then you do, you know, like your most um, emotional songs and things like that. So when you sit down to record an episode, how do you decide what you're going to talk about? Do you try to hit a little bit of everything, you know, over the span of 10 episodes, or is it just kind of following what you're interested in at the moment? So first two months was just a hodgepodge of whatever yeah we like, just, just came ideas up with a giant that we list we that and we... that list has grown and grown and grown and so a lot of times if we don't have something specific we'll pull up the list and we'll say hey you know next week why don't we why don't we deal with this topic that that we talked about two months ago but that we're we're interested in um but we do have a calendar and so we try to plan out like we knew when we were going to do the frozen 2 review we know when we're going to do um rise of the skywalker um, but we also try to plan out like obviously doing our Halloween vi villain shows around Halloween and do something maybe with like love around Valentine's Day. Yeah, uh, we're doing our we did 2019 Disney Oscars. We're going to do 2020 Disney Oscars. They will come out around the same time as the Oscars. So we have a calendar that kind of tries to match up with things that are going on in the world. And then where there are blanks, we kind of fill them in with just whatever we feel like talking about that week. Yep. We should take notes. Yeah, I like that. We we try to think that we plan ahead, and we never do as great of a job as we think we are as far as lining things up and being intentional. Yeah, there's definitely some <laughs> scheduling left to be desired. But I think that's a really great approach because it's a, it's a mix between doing things that are relevant at the time, you know, that people are, you know, tuning into the Oscars and things that they're kind of got their mind in that place, but also just following things that you randomly think of in the middle of the night and you write into your notes on your phone mm -hmm. and then you revisit those things. I think that's mm -hmm. a kind of a good balance to fall into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you got to be flexible too. You know, a guest cancels or somebody loses their voice <laughs> and next thing you know, that topic that you had planned for that week is completely out the window. I know that I had a moment, uh, this was a couple months ago where Rachel got sick and I forget what we were supposed to do. Um, but we had, uh, already reached out to Matt Merlino from love of the mouse podcast and he was going to do something different with us. And I just, he had just come back from food and wine and I was like, Matt, how would you feel about recording like in two days on your trip and just doing a trip report, super short notice. He was game for it. And it, it 
saved the day and that was our show for that week. So yeah. you just got to be, you got to go with the flow sometimes and think on the fly. Yeah. Thankfully, yes. Commute, like the community can come together and help you out. Mm-hmm. And that's been a, an awesome gain from doing the podcast is just a different connection we've made like with you guys like we I think our initial connection was back when because we started our podcast right around the same time and I think I don't know maybe I sent you guys a message or I don't really know but there was something but yeah so just making these friendships on podcasts it is really nice when people can yeah can step up and it's also you know you have to adjust when People get sick. Sounds like I get sick all the time. But I did just start <laughs> teaching preschool this year, and they really like to share germs. So I think that's what's happening. Yeah. 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 Get a pass for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, since you are both teachers, you probably don't get this as much, but I get sick all the time because Catherine has built up her immune system. And she, I bring home my she germs. She brings home the germs from the sixth graders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my immune system is not built for that environment. And so <laughs> she gets a minor cold and I'm knocked out for a week. Some people say that's like a gender thing. I don't agree with that. I think it's dramatic. Yeah. The man flu. Yeah. 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 Constant. You just need lots of orange juice and zinc. Yeah. Well, emergency... they say zinc may or may not work, but works for me. Emergency has become part of our winter routine. Our nightly routine. <laughs> All the vitamin C. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I want to round out this first portion of it just to kind of learn a little bit more of, you know, your vision for the podcast and just kind of what you guys get out of it. Because I think that's so interesting for other creators to realize the motivation and kind of the goals that people have in place. So we'll start with what is your idea of your ultimate goal for the show? It's a good question. Yeah. Take it away, Keenan. <laughs> You're just looking at me. Oh, well, I'm not here's the, the most goal-oriented person. This is in true. She is not. I I'm guess like, most hey, of whatever. the show goals come from me. And we actually last year we did sit down and I was like, <laughs> it was a really funny conversation. I was like, so what are your goals with the podcast this year? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. And I laid out like, you know, a four-step plan. Like, I want to do this, this, and what. And we accomplished those goals. It was, was like, like yep, starting a website, good, making a video. Yep. Um, yep, we did all having yes, yeah, so we want to do a live stream, but we I I checked yeah. all the boxes. Um so okay, so your question was long term goals though, like where do we see this going? Well, either way, I mean sometimes I think the answer could just be I wanna have a heck of a good time. And I want to <laughs> yeah. you know, keep the magic of Disney alive while I'm at home. I think that's perfectly acceptable answer. I just think it's it's interesting to hear different people's motivation and and kind of what they're either consciously or subconsciously trying to build towards. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, part of it is being part of the community has been really sweet. And I think just being more and more involved in the community, but the, the, I don't say downside, but the challenge with that is we'd love to meet up with people. We'd love to go to the parks more and, do all that sort of stuff and that costs money. And so I, it's not like, Oh, Hey, we w- really want to have this podcast so that we can make money. But it did also become a travel agent this year. And I think that there's this hope that at some point podcasting, making videos, travel agent stuff can be enough of a supplemental income solely just, I think for going to the parks 
more often, right? That's kind of a goal there. That, that would um, be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but as far <laughs> as the that goal. as far as the show, I think we just want to keep it going as long as we can, and you know, involving ourselves more and more with community, having more guests on. I would love to go weekly at some point. That that's a huge thing that we are biweekly, and our schedule just does not allow it to go weekly. Obviously, during the summer, yeah, it does. <laughs> so um, that would be that would be great. But yeah, I think I think just staying the course is is kind of our long term goal for the show. We're not expecting any sort of like, you know, number one trending podcast on Apple Music or whatever. We would just like to. We would just like people to listen. Give us feedback, interact with yeah, us. Continue to make connections. And continue and... to make connections. Because that's been the real, I think, the number one joy that we've gotten out of this. Yeah. So, And talk with you guys now is a testament to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that those goals definitely shine through the episodes. That you can tell that it's not something that you're doing to, you know, some ulterior motives. That it's just something that you guys enjoy talking about, enjoy sharing, and sp- you know, sparking these discussions that you can then take and have with someone on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever it might be. I think that's kind of the overwhelming feeling that I get listening. And it's, it's really enjoyable. I think having that approach where it's not, you know, when you get to the highly commercialized podcast and you've got to skip through 10 minutes of ads before Uh you get the content, sometimes you just want something that's simple and, and you can follow along with the discussion and you know that the people are, you know, reachable if you want to take the discussion further off air. So I think you guys are doing a great job. All of that is just to say, I think I'm really enjoying the show. And Thanks. I think with those kind of goals too, that's very attainable. You know, like it's a good long lasting way to motivate yourself because I feel like whenever we just like set those kind of goals for ourselves, like those higher level goals, it's really easy to sometimes lose the original intent for why we started the podcast. And it's easy to get, I guess, like derailed a little bit, you know, or discouraged sometimes. So I think it's important to remind ourselves why we started and kind of hone in on that sometimes when we do start to think bigger. Mm -hmm. Right. I really like your point, Brendan, about, um, being approachable. I would never want to become a podcast where we felt like I don't know, so overwhelmed with the amount of feedback that we couldn't actually interact with the people that we're talking to. Like I want to feel like the people that we're talking with each week are like part of the community, friends, like they could send a private message on Twitter and I'm going to get back to them and it's not this like distant thing. And you know, if a podcast reaches that point, I that I get it. Like and that's their thing, but like those are not the podcasts that I seek out to listen to. For sure, There's, you know, to me, it's just a disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the let's do this one first, Catherine. Okay. <laughs> what has been like a go-to resource or just anything along those lines that maybe you would suggest someone else checking out that's in this space, something that's helped you guys out or given you inspiration or just someone who's a good ear, whatever it might be. Okay. Well, it's a multifaceted question. I think, you know, when we were first trying like investigating, going to Disney world, there are some great resources out there. Something that we come 
back to time again and use for when we're sharing like, hey, here's what's going on. Things that we're interested in is um, the Disney Taurus blog that Tom Bricker does. Um, I think he just has tons of good information and really good opinions. Um, I was like Josh EZWDW on Twitter for as far as like information goes. Um, for inspiration and um, just you know, people that I think have, have motivated us to be better podcasters. Um, Hyperion Adventures podcast is a big one. Rope Drop Radio. Uh-huh. And mo- probably Monday Morning. Yeah. There are tons of others. So I don't want to like leave people yeah. out. But um, I know that those are shows that we've connected with a lot. But also like listening to their shows. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the passion is there. But they also have good like ideas as far as the structure of the show and the content that they're giving. Yeah, I think you guys too, because it's um, just something I noticed, like even from your first episodes, I don't just like the way that you reach out to other, you know, content creators, it just seems like you, you do have um, like a plan and goals and like, you know, and that is a good thing too, because I am, I can be so like, la la la, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm just here to have a conversation or whatever, but like to actually, I don't know. So I've definitely taken some um, some notes from your guys' podcast as well and how you approach other um, content creators and things like that. And Right. Well, your show is cool. totally unique in that regard, yeah. I think, that it is focused on content creation. And I don't know, you have some episodes that's not just about content creation, but about like the way you live your life, but applying the Disneyfication of it. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. Well. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) But, I mean, I I love everything that you said. And, like, for me, like, I put the most time into Instagram. And then, you know, I pop over to Twitter every once in a while. Mainly I stay on my personal Twitter just so I can debate sports with people. And I don't want to do that on my (laughs) detour thing. But I do think, like, a lot of those podcasts that you mentioned, something that has stood out to me for a long time is – there's kind of that core nucleus of you guys and the Hyperion podcast and and kind of Monday morning uh, monorail kind of everybody's got each other's back. Everybody is bouncing ideas off each other. Everybody is kind of, Hey, it's, it's new episode Monday and you'll, you'll get some retweets or you'll get some responses say, Hey, I listened to it this morning. And I think that is just a testament to learning where your friends are, where your audiences is, is, and things like, that that we get that a little bit on Instagram, but it's it's almost different and and but then you're also all very approachable and and so you can you know give comments or feedback on a recent episode or or even if it's just random tweets that are going out, you can have those discussions and everybody's chiming in and, and you can have really meaningful conversations that sometimes get lost in Instagram because it is so whatever everybody so yeah whatever Insta- everybody knows <laughs> that know. adjective but i can't think of it yeah it's whatever instagram is and i i'm over on the instagram and so i have struggles on that as well it's just like it is hard to like keep track of a conversation or to really interact in any sort of group or conversation so it's like i'll have like some private messages and it's like it's almost hard to like keep track of who sent it or i don't know there is just something that's I feel like I'm missing out on the Twitter verse a little because yeah. he's more on the Twitter and I and I try, but it's weird. I don't get Instagram. I it just doesn't it, it 
the way my brain works and the way Instagram works, they just do not connect. <laughs> but I will say that Rachel's made some really good friends on Instagram that have kind of crossed over into becoming friends on Twitter. Um, I think you guys connected first on Instagram, um, that UK Disney couple, but there's just some that, that I don't know, even though I talk to them on Twitter all the time, they came over, like we met them on Instagram. That being said, I think that Twitter, just the nature of that social media platform allows itself to more conversation, community building. It just comes more naturally. I think think that's the the thing that's definitely lacking on Instagram. I think maybe other people I, I, have capabilities that because I know that they're like I've seen just, you know, some different like I don't want to say like high maybe like, you know, well-known. I don't know. They have a bunch of followers and like there's some like nuclei nuclei influencers of, like um, <laughs> of influence like especially like Disney moms. There's like these different like core groups of them. I'm like, oh, they're so cool. You know, like how <laughs> I'm like, so they built that somehow. I don't know if it was on Instagram, but yeah, I'm you not can in build it. a huge following on Instagram. Yeah, I just don't get it because it's mostly just pictures. There's it's like comments, like, but there yeah. is, there is, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's interesting. I can't, I can't just text something out. Like if I have a message to send, I can send it on Twitter, and I'll put, and the image is secondary usually to the message. Whereas in Instagram, it's flipped. The right. image is first. The message is ancillary to that which is tough when we're not at the parks all the time like what do i even post old pictures i guess right yeah. well and people do that they will yeah. queue up you know pictures that they took one summer but they'll use them for a whole year so. yeah we do I, that i literally yeah i'm like basically just yeah. editing christmas pictures from last november or last december yeah like, we were, yeah right before we started recording so we definitely do that <laughs> but i don't know i that's I kind feel, of smart yeah we're gonna have to like do a standalone episode where we talk about our social media. I, I don't want to say strategy because I don't know if we take it that we seriously really anymore. Yeah. I think <laughs> we took it way too seriously at the beginning. So I'm almost, I don't know. I feel like I'm having like a, a we're very relaxed now about social media. It's like, Oh, I haven't posted in a week. Oh, well, Whoops. <laughs> it used to be like <laughs> every day at 11 o'clock, a picture goes out. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just different. So I think as things evolve, you kind of figure out what you're comfortable with, where you're making the most impact. And like you said too earlier, just with how much time you have in your schedule, like summers, we could do it all in the summer. Yeah. Right, right. now it's crunch time, and we are just happy yeah. to be here talking to you guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. Like yeah, to get these conversations, and I yeah, I feel yeah. the same. I'm like. Yeah, that Instagram's looking a little bleak right now. Yeah, but it's tough too because there's a scale of like how motivated are you? I mean, I I, f- I feel like we're pretty motivated to put out our show and put out a good product, but it's not going to break us if we lose some social media followers or we miss a week on the podcast, which we try never to do. But if we d- something comes up and you do, it's no big deal. Whereas other people like they are trying to make that their living. And if that is your goal, and that's that's fine, that's a noble goal, but you have to grind hard at it, and you do have to be regimented about when you're posting, how often you're posting, the amount of content you're putting out, how original it is, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's basically like a full-time job, and I love Disney, I love podcasting, I love my wife, it's been awesome for our marriage, but I'm not going to let podcasting get in the way of things that matter more to me than yeah. Disney, you know, mm-hmm. it's super important, but it's not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. 
And that's just, yep, that's what works for us. And that's our deal, but to each his and her own. (laughs) (laughs) One of our biggest realizations was we didn't post on Instagram for like a week. Like, all right, I was dreading opening up the podcast hosting platform. It's like, all right, these downloads are going to be awful because I didn't promote at all. It's like Mm. straight line across, like no change at all. It's like, that was oh. the most freeing feeling in the world. Yeah. Knowing that it's also kind of your hands are tied <laughs> because you can't grow as much. But, it, you know, it's like it doesn't matter if we miss something. It, you know, it doesn't matter if I don't put up a promotional video, whatever it might be. Um, but, yeah, Catherine, why don't you round us out with our last question, then we'll play the fast pass round. All right. So we want to end this first part by just hearing what your – biggest or your most proud win is up to this point or even just what your favorite thing about doing the podcast has been up to this point um one of my favorite things well we've already talked about the community and Mm -hmm. the you know people we've been able to connect with through this podcast was like which going into um this originally that was like something that wasn't even really on my radar right um but then it kind of that was sort of encapsulated i guess when we did our live stream and to just see the support that we got from um this community that we've been able to be a part of and our you know friends that we have in i don't say real life but you know locally um, local friends that um yeah, to just so just to do that and to see the support we got and just to see that actually work. And I think um, you put a lot of thought and work into that. But to see like it actually come to fruition and it was successful and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I look and forward to doing one another. Year of yeah. Doing the show, so another yeah. anniversary podcast. So I hope we get to do something like that again. Because I think it just yeah, it kind of showed like what we were able to do in this year of this podcast and right yeah i think for me a big win was our trip reports and the main reason for that is we 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 came back from the disney vacation and we were just gonna do like what most podcasts do which is (laughs) normal (laughs) you have an episode and you talk about it for an episode and it's great and i love i love listening to trip reports i love when different podcasts do that um, we ended up talking for at least an hour just on the first day at the parks. We're like, which was a travel day and oh like, we're half like, a we're day like oh no, what are we going to do? Like, like okay. we can't, this is ridiculous. We we can't have eight episodes or seven episodes of all these different reports. We can't have seven hours worth of content. That's just that. And then we went, or we could. Or, <laughs> and so we were like, we well, like it. What if we just released our regular episodes and then did the trip reports as like a bonus? And so that's what we did. And it was super fun, very casual. We would just talk about our trip. And those have ended up being not our most popular episodes, but they are up there. And, you know, over time they could make a run for some of our most popular episodes ever. And it was just a testament to if you just really like what you're doing and you're doing it just for the sake of doing it, that is enough and that's going to pay off. And the feedback we we got from those episodes was great. We got tons of positive feedback. They did get lots of downloads, um, which isn't everything, but like it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a lot out of just doing it. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that um, we've enjoyed is like 
just being able, I don't know if Brendan and Catherine, you feel the same, but it's like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe our week is super busy and, um, we have a lot going on. We don't have a lot of intentional time that we get together, but it's at least we get to sit down for an hour and talk about something we both enjoy together. So, you know, and there's, I'll admit there's nights where it's like, oh, I'm just tired and I don't feel like doing, but once like, you having get into conversation, it, it's good. Yeah. But it's like, Every time. nevertheless, it's like, we still get that time yeah. to, to do something together and to create something together. And I think that's been really cool as well. Mm-hmm. So another sure. win. Yes. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, we loved the trip report episodes. Cause it was almost like cliffhangers at the, each, at the end of each one. could be like, <laughs> On the next day, we did this, and you got to tune back in to hear it. It was like, yes. (laughs) Yes, we serialized our podcast. (laughs) But it was awesome. And I love all those wins because I think it really shows that you are appreciating all the little steps along the way, that you're not taking anything for granted, that you are just enjoying what you're doing, which I think is the most important thing for anybody creating any kind of content, that you can have all the goals that you want in the world, but... Really, it's just about enjoying the time that you're spending on it. So I think that is a great sentiment to leave our listeners with for the first portion of the episode. Next, we're going to play the Fast Pass round. So we will throw out these Disney topics. And if you guys can just share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Sounds good. All right. Okay, so the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Okay. So just the four at Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom. I've done Blizzard Beach, if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Can't so say I have. Of those four, and I guess five for you, Keenan, if you want to include it, <laughs> which one is your individual favorite and why? My favorite is Magic Kingdom um, because it's magical in short, but... You know, that's like what I had always looked forward to going to as a kid. And that is just classic Disney to me. Um, so just seeing all those things that I love come to life and just to be able to be a part of that. And you kind of just feel like you're you're in it. You're in this magical world. So mm-hmm. it's the most magical to me. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. I think my most favorite is historically Epcot. I will say that my favorite changes from trip to trip, like on our last trip, I was like, I think Magic Kingdom was my favorite park Mm -hmm. that we did. Um, But yeah, the all-time winner is Epcot and mostly the World Showcase. I just have always been fascinated with different cultures and traveling the world. And I love just going and getting immersed in the the culture at Epcot. So Future World's great too, but all about World Showcase. So which country is your favorite? Um, on our last trip, I said Morocco, but again, historically Japan, I, as a teenager, I was like obsessed with Japanese culture. And I just remember going there when I was, I don't know, I think 17 and geeking out and I didn't want to leave Japan. I just could have stayed there all day. (laughs) Every time we go into the department store, I leave thinking like, I really want to get back into Pokemon. <laughs> right? And then I don't, but then we'll come back next trip. I'm like, hey, this is it. Pokemon po- is still cool, Catherine. Yeah. And they just came out with a new game. New I Pokemon saw that. Game. I saw that. We need to. My big, 
my thing is I love Nintendo and I know this is we're talking Disney, but Universal has the Nintendo World Nintendo Land or whatever they're calling it park in the works and I'm like, I don't know. That when that comes out that's gonna be a dream come true for me. Are they Especially still... if you can do some Mario Kart racing. Yeah, it's, that's what I was going to ask. Are they still doing the Mario Kart ride? Well, the last I heard is that Japan's definitely getting it. Who knows what's going on with Universal Orlando. But my guess is that new Epic Park that they're building will have the Nintendo Japan, Land. like the country is getting Yeah, there's it, a or... Universal. Okay, like Universal Japan. I think it's Japan, right? Okay. Yeah. There's yep. one in Asia. I think it's Japan. Yeah, and they are they're getting the first Nintendo part of the park yeah. world. That'd be cool. You will hear no universal hate on this podcast. We <laughs> admittedly love it. Like, oh yeah, I mean, and I don't know if it's just because we don't go like ever. So when we do, it's almost like new to us. You know, every time. Yeah. Because we haven't gone in. I haven't been since high school, but you've been more recently. But we love Harry Potter. That helps a yeah. lot. And it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's the same kind of Disney magic with Harry Potter in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we I've heard. Uh, we have not experienced Harry no, Potter. No, I've never been. Last I've never time been I went to Universal, any... Jaws was still an attraction. Yeah. You went. So it's been a while. Like 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah. 2008. You went. I don't know how. I think that's well, what it was, yeah. Yeah, because we had just started dating. Then he went on a trip with his family. I've never been to Universal at all. So. Bucket list. Yeah. Once your son gets a little bit older, I bet he would love it. Yeah, yeah. he's just a, like, a little too young yet, yeah. but we'll get him into Harry Potter, and then we'll go. Yeah. That's the plan. Yep, absolutely. That's, that's an ironclad plan. <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> so next one would be, what is your Disney bucket list trip? This is like the easiest question in the world for me to answer. Uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. That is number one. I, I've never been to Japan. Want to go. I can't imagine a better trip than doing Disney and Japan in the same vacation. So number one, until until I die or go there, that is my number one bucket list item. Okay, so I I don't know. I have a few, but I'm just a simple I'm a simple woman. And I just wanna go I've already said it. I just wanna go see Hanson at Disney <laughs> Food and Wine at Epcot. That's all I you know, but just that's after I get that, I will shoot beyond <laughs> that. But until then, I feel like that's an, an you know, we're talking about goals. That's an attainable goal. Once I get there, I will, you know, maybe go to California. Mine is totally attainable. <laughs> Just have to save for a decade. We'll be fine. We'll get there. Nope. It's maybe after, you know, once our podcast really takes up. Then... <laughs> <laughs> right. There we go. <laughs> So the next one would be, what's your favorite Disney resort? And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. <laughs> You're pointing to me because I'm nodding. Very excited. Sure. Polynesian. I We have not stayed there, but it, I just, uh, since, a, since being a kid, I remember as a kid being on the monorail and seeing the bungalows and going, I want to stay there. And as an adult, going to the resort but not staying there, I still just want to stay there. Yeah, I would love to go to the Pol- stay at the Polynesian. But we stayed at French Quarter this past trip, and I loved amazing. it. Amazing. It was amazing. I really loved it. And, you know, 
I don't have a lot of experience at staying at many resorts and I don't know a lot about them, but like, I would love to go back to that mm-hmm. one. It was just, I love the feel. Um, and like I said, we stayed in French quarter. I wouldn't mind staying in Riverside, but just the French Mickey quarter Beignets. just had that like jazzy upbeat feel and Mickey beignets. So I'm like, I'm fine with that. Like I could stay there every trip from here on out, but I know there's so much more to experience. So I'm trying to, you know, set goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look beyond French Quarter. Well, and as a travel agent, I'm like, I would yeah, stay at Port Orleans French Quarter every time, but yeah, we need to make mm-hmm. two rounds. Yeah, so I do. I would want to stay at um, Beach Club. Mm-hmm. I would like to stay there. That pool. Is so yeah, nice. I was like, that pool looks sweet. Yeah. So I'm a little afraid of Boardwalk. The pool. With the, the pool clown. there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that looks really cool, except the pool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I wish they would like give you joint access and you could just walk around the lake to go to mm-hmm. beach club. To but, the pool. Right. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a, I'm luckily I'm not afraid of clowns, but I can understand. It's just a little unsettling maybe. Yeah. Unsettling. Like I'm not afraid, but I'm like, hmm. <laughs> they don't relax me. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not tranquil. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. We, French Quarter is high on my list. We've still not stayed there. We've stayed at Riverside. We stayed at Riverside, and we liked it there too. Yeah, very beautiful. My biggest thing about Riverside, if nobody's ever, if if you stay there or just visit there, you've got to see Yeehaw Bob. Yeah. Best entertainment on all of property. He's the best, and it's free. And I have no idea what his age is. I'm not trying <laughs> he's to be, gotta be getting up there. I'm just saying he's not going to be there forever. <laughs> So, I right. mean, he could retire. He probably deserves retirement because he works Unless he just so loves hard. his job, Brendan. I, you well, don't work if you love your job. I honestly think he loves his job more <laughs> than anybody else I've ever seen. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, the, those are just my two things. And we've never had Mickey nope. beignets. No, we haven't. Mm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so good. We had him in yeah. Disneyland, but never in Disney World. Never Disney World. We're slacking. So next one would be, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Okay. My immediate answer was Splash Mountain. I love Splash Mountain. You get a lot of bang for your buck. It's long. It's a dark ride and a thrill ride all in one. But. I don't know. That's, I think that's still my answer. I feel like there's like more thrilling and like awesome rides, you know, like the new technology and some of these newer rides, but I'm going to stick with Splash Mountain. See, Rachel hasn't ridden Splash Mountain in January, so you might change her tune there on that. <laughs> I got a poncho. <laughs> I'll be a poncho Splash Mountainer only in the winter months. I, I have a feeling that after riding Rise of the Resistance, that will be my answer. Having not have ridden that, Probably Flight of Passage. I, I I don't know. I really I love Soren. I'm thinking strategic here. But you don't because, always need a fast pass. For right. Soren. And so I'm thinking strategic. Like what what would I always need a fast pass for that I want to ride every single time I go to Walt Disney World? So my answer is Flight of Passage. Have you refrained from watching Rise of the Resistance videos, or did you get? I have, I have refrained as well. I, How about you guys? I got close. I almost got sucked in. <laughs> yeah. I never like watching them. I kind of I hate ruining the surprise. So I'm. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy for me to refrain. 
I have to keep pulling Brendan back. I got like 15 seconds into <laughs> yeah. one and I was like, I've got to turn this off, but yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I did if, watch a, uh, what's the, the other Star Wars, right? Smuggler's Run. Yeah. I watched a little bit of, um, Rope Drop Radio's video on that and it was more for the, the comedy involved because they went with their kids. <laughs> Doug and they're yelling like, at his children. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that one's a little bit different because every ride is kind of different. But, you know, if we weren't going or planning to go within the next year, I don't know if I could contain myself. But I don't want to ruin it. Like, it's on the horizon. I can wait. Have patience. Get through it. I'll I'll watch all the, like, you know, all the other Disney parks, Paris and, and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it there. So... Yeah, Ratatouille. I'll watch it, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, we're building this at Epcot." Okay. I like have my memory so terrible that I could watch something and like totally forget it. So that's true. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll watch coasters, but when the when the ride is a story, no way. Can't oh do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That is a good distinguishing factor. Yeah, yeah. I think because you don't want to ruin like the surprises if it is more like a story. Right. Yeah. Like, but I watched Flight of Passage before we wrote it. I don't feel like I missed yep. out on anything. Well, because there's so much in that one to see. That's a good point as well. Yeah. <laughs> so sticking with rides, which ride do you think is due for an exit or refurbishment from the parks? This is more of an, a show than a ride, but I would love to see an update to Muppet Vision. I think it's due for it. I, I just I'm worried that because it's dated, they'll just take it out. But save the Muppets. Save the Muppets, and I would love. I would just love to see them. It's one of my favorites. It just needs it needs some TLC. So not an exit, refurbishment yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will probably be mine as well. But to not steal your answer, I think the <laughs> same idea, but for um, Philhar Magic. It's getting an update. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> they read your so, mind. Yeah. They did. <laughs> and I forgot, like I said, memory <laughs> problems. Well, <So. laughs> I mean, I love Muppet Vision. Like, I make us do it every time. Mm-hmm. I've even gotten a fast pass for it just so that I can show <laughs> Disney that I enjoy riding this ride so yeah, that they like, won't don't take it away. It. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, I would love if they would do what they did in Magic Kingdom with the great moments in history if they would actually do a real puppet show. And I know that theater is probably not appropriate for it, but to actually see them as puppets was incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, they'll probably revert back to budget cuts and they won't want to pay that many people to put on a show. But I can agree. I love the show, but it's probably needs something. Yeah. Yeah. So... Next one would be what land or area brings you the most inspiration? Area with most inspiration. This is going to be such a weird answer, but the streets of USA and Hollywood Studios. Is that what it's called? The streets of USA? Streets of America? But okay, the area where you first walk in and you're in like the studios and you've got like sunset boulevard and I, there's just something about that. And I think it's nostalgic more than anything because as a kid, one of my favorite things was Hollywood studios. And I also loved universal studios and I, for the longest time wanted to make movies. And so I think it's just very inspiring to be 
feeling like I'm on a set and it's they've got the like um classic like 1940s music playing and mm-hmm. it just swells emotions in me so it's not my fate it's not my favorite area in any park but your question was brings the most inspiration so that's my answer mm-hmm. um for me i'm gonna say future world and epcot because um i think it i don't know it just brings me back to like Walt Disney's vision, like his original vision of, I don't know, he was just such a forward thinker and like what things could be. And I know Future World, you know, they're updating it to kind of keep in line with that vision. And like I've mentioned, like I'm not the most um, goal oriented person or future thinker, but like it makes me think about it. It you know, allows me to think in that way, which is not my normal way of thinking. So I really do like that. And to just kind of, you know, to get outside of that normal path and to think towards the future and what things that could be. And I don't know. That's mine. Those are both so interesting answers because I'm like the exact opposite. I'm always forward thinking. So like Frontierland or Liberty Square, like makes me do the opposite like i appreciate the past and the journey and you know Mm -hmm. history and things like that um and also my response to you keenan is you have to go to disney's california adventure because that feeling that you're talking about i i felt that same feeling walking through dca did you yeah it's it's a similar kind of feel to it but i do think it's a little more amped up there and it may be because we like miss old school MGM studios. Yeah. And it was kind mm-hmm. of like built in that same era. Yeah. But it's, I would be interested to hear if that hits you the same way. Okay. Sold. Group trip. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the entrance slash path to Tower of Terror is really the only, it's like the last bastion of MGM studios, I think, in Hollywood yeah. Studios. The rest has changed so much. Yep. Yep. So the next one is our favorite question. And what is your favorite snack or go-to snack? I feel like I'm going to give the most cliche answer, but Dole Whip. Dole Whip. The only contender to the Dole Whip was the Peter Pan float. (laughs) They were, and they're, they're so similar. But somehow that sprite in the Peter Pan float really, really clicked. It did really work. Yeah. Yeah. But Dole Whip still. Um, I'm also a Dole Whip whipper, if you will. <laughs> but um, my path, this past trip, my favorite snack was the Mickey, the Mickey Celebration Donut. Mm. Because it was enormous and delicious. And I feel like that's really what you need in and a good it was snack. a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. That was a good one. Hmm. And it was actually really good. We missed that. We never tried one of those. And I guess we like, well, we never will. I've heard that the Joffrey's donut is like is very similar in flavor and it is quite large. So I think you can still Yeah. Gotcha. We'll have to try that. We'll maybe we'll be there for his hundredth birthday that weekend. Then they'll go all out at least they will go all out. 
next. Oh yeah, they'll, I mean they'll bring something back akin to that. I'm sure. For sure. Next, we'll do restaurants. So your favorite table service and favorite quick service restaurants. Okay, so my table service might be. I don't think it's a popular answer, but I really loved it, and I don't have a lot. Ooh, okay. I just remembered another one mid thought, but um, I don't have a lot of table service experience. But I really loved San Angel Inn or San Angel Inn for the for us gringos. Um, but the uh, restaurant inside Mexico, um, the Mexico Pavilion, the atmosphere is lovely. And I've heard that um, a lot of people say like the food is like whatever, but when we went this last trip, our food was delicious and it was one of my favorite meals of the trip. So, mm-hmm. um, and we, water we happened to get a spot like right by the water, like right in front of the pyramid. So that probably added to the experience, but that was my favorite thus far in my Disney experience. Yeah. We really haven't done a ton of table service. We, we do Disney on a pretty tight budget. And so we've done a lot of quick service. Um, but table service, I think, you know, our next trip when we go without a child, we'll probably do more table service. But what was your backup? Because that was probably going to be my number one. Um, well, I was going to say be our guest, but then I remembered that we did that. That's quick service. Quick service. Well, dinner is table service, True. but we haven't done we didn't dinner. Do dinner. So, yeah. but the reason I love that one is just the atmosphere. Like the food is like, it's good. It's fine. Um, and we've split it and it's not huge portions. But we split it just because it is like, you know, 15 bucks for a sandwich and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, I'll give but, a shout out to um, Crystal Palace oh, breakfast. Forgot. They had, like these French toast fritters that were still one of the best things I think I've ever had. Maybe better lasagna. than Mickey Beignets, honestly. Wait, I feel robbed. Just Blasphemy. We did not get any French toast fritters. Yeah, I don't think they had those because we took our niece there this past trip. And I love their breakfast because I love anywhere where they'll do like a make your own omelet station. But we did uh-huh. not have French toast fritters. fritters. No, because I would have Stout. keyed in on those. Yeah. Anything that says fritter, I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the darling of the Crystal Palace buffet for me. Dang. I mean, the breakfast lasagna was good, I thought. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the character experience was, yeah, was really great. great there, too. It's good. I don't know if we had breakfast lasagna either. I don't know if we did. Man. I don't know you what Crystal Palace eat? you guys went to, but it wasn't the same one we well, went to. Well, maybe we sat huh. on the left side. Maybe they sat on the right side. We did sit on the right side. <laughs> they, you have a special menu over there. It's just yeah, a, they didn't tell yeah. you about that? Yeah, it's just a mirror in the middle. You can't breakfast. actually cross paths. I don't know. But, but for Be Our Guest, like, that's just the, the sheer being in the, the castle is like what's amazing about that. So Is that going to be your favorite quick service i don't know yeah sure <laughs> yeah. i mean the atmosphere is great for be our guest and we're big fans of the get in to be our guest early and then you're not interrupting your day with breakfast you're you get into the park and you can get line get into lines before the rope droppers mm. are unleashed upon the park that's a strategic yes i'd say my favorite quick service is probably sunshine seasons Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the land pavilion. 
I really, really, really want to like Sunshine Seasons, but every, and I can never say it, I always <laughs> say it with a lisp, um, <laughs> but every time we go there, we look at the menu and just nothing speaks to me. Yeah. So what is the go-to meal there? Well, unfortunately, the item that I loved there is no longer on the menu, mm. and it was spice, spicy fish tacos. See, I got the rotisserie chicken, that. though. That was good. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to try rotisserie chicken. Yeah. But every time yeah. I go look at their little pictures that are up there, I'm like... I feel like the know. pictures don't look good. No, they do. They don't. They look like they look kind of like generic cafeteria yeah, kinda, yeah. food, but the food's actually. But the food, good. it's like it is seasoned quite well. There's a yeah. lot of flavor. Mm, okay, we'll have to give it a try. So Let's give it a try. <laughs> yeah. Next one is your favorite Disney movie. If you hadn't included Star Wars in this list, <laughs> I would say Aladdin. That's like my go-to favorite Disney movie, um, but. Empire Strikes Back is probably my favorite movie of all time. So if we're including Star Wars, that would be my answer. Okay. So my official answer is Cinderella because it's a classic. And that's the movie that like introduced me to Disney and hooked me. Um, but then like, you know, the day-to-day favorite can change. Like, I mean, right now it's Frozen 2, you know, so hard to say and like and I loved Moana like I was pretty obsessed with that so I can get kind of swayed by the the new amazing film but this the steady one is Cinderella it's always a classic I can always go back to that I've watched it a million times and can always watch it again I think it's funny that neither of you answered answered the little mermaid <laughs> I know <laughs> part yeah that song though is one of my favorite songs okay. it would make my top five Yeah, and Little Mermaid is like, yeah, definitely my top five movies. Yes, it's a great movie. And we just, it was like when we were creating the podcast that we had just like that day or that night, like watched the movie. And then I think Keenan came up with the name. He's like, what do you think of this? It's a little cheesy. Mm -hmm. But I was like, but you know, it's like. Disney, Little Mermaid, but it's it's our our world world. that we're sharing with people and bringing people into. So do you you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is is funny that, like, I don't think you really like Peter Pan that much, do you? I mean, it's a good movie, but it's, I don't know if it would make my top five. (laughs) Well, let me tell you right now, it is very popular to hate on Peter Pan, and I feel personally attacked. So... (laughs) I need people to cut that out. I saw a tweet the other day. Someone said, like, getting Disney Plus has just reminded me that I just want to punch Peter Payne in the face. (laughs) He's kind of a jerk. Watching it as an adult, I'm like, what's Peter's problem? But do you, like, identify with him because, like, the red hair? Uh, It's probably, like, some subconscious thing about it. Honestly, I sat – this is um, truth time. I sat down and watched it last night while you were at work. Yeah, my basketball game. And I didn't make it all the way through it. So maybe I don't like it as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I really like Hook, though. So it's kind of like... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like my favorite villain. You mean the movie, right? Well, both. 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 Okay. Both the Steven Spielberg film and Captain Hook right. is a wonderful The character is great. I love the, I love the movie Hook. Dustin Hoffman. That is so Rob, Rob Williams. Yes. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Your listeners can't see this, obviously, but there is a <laughs> Peter Pan quote right behind Catherine's head. There, there sure is. <laughs> and there's also a Peter Pan mouse pad somewhere. Yeah, we've got um, all kinds of Peter Pan in here. I don't know. Maybe I just like the idea of Peter Pan. Yeah, well, we don't grow like, up, so there's that. Right. We're yeah. not, never, there is a lot of great themes mm-hmm. in Peter Pan. I most I identify love. with Nana. Nana's the bomb. <laughs> Nana is the bomb. <laughs> most relatable character. Yeah. We have a Nana. We do. She's kind of a lazy Nana, but it's fine. <laughs> so the next one would be your favorite Disney quote. One of us looked at these questions beforehand. The other one didn't. <laughs> Rachel's like in shock over here. Like, oh my god! No, I was like reading. I was reading ahead. I'm like, oh no, oh no. Oh no. So I thought about this. I I think I don't know. There's so many good Walt quotes um, from from Mr. Disney himself. Um, if you can dream it, you can do it. It's probably the the one that I have on my classroom that I like to inspire students with. But I think my the most quoted quote from Disney movies of mine I'm guessing is I'm surrounded by idiots (laughs) (laughs) as a middle school teacher for sure yeah Yeah. I just find myself saying it frequently (laughs) not to my students but just in general you say I don't say it to them in my head maybe (laughs) yeah yeah in your head yeah you never say think that about me though right no no Surrounded by a beautiful woman. There you go. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. Very last question. Part of the Fast Pass round is your favorite Disney parks memory. Um, I think it was um, one of the first one that comes to mind is riding Seven Dwarves Mine Train with um, our kid because he first was, roller coaster ever. Yeah, he was just so excited about it and like he so. He's in the, he was at the time he was in this phase where like I would have to talk as certain characters and like he'd be talking to that character and so like we're on the coaster and he's like is this fun Minnie like and, and so I have to like be talking as Minnie Mouse like on the coaster I'm like yes this is the best time ever and like and so but he was just having like the time of his life he oh, was yeah, just all smiles it. and just cracking up and yeah and he loved every coaster we went on it wasn't just that seven doors of mine train was tame and he could handle it he from that point on he was all about the thrill rides yeah so that's the first thing that comes but you say that as if he's not still making you talk in voices every day you're stitch every day now well right now i'm stitched but it did kind of go by the wayside (laughs) (laughs) my backup though is this is no one's gonna like relate with this but seeing beauty and the beast live on stage for the first time i think that was like when the magic of disney hit me for the first time and i was just like oh look at it like there it is the spectacle it's like the magic of disney i don't i have so many i know so it's, hard it's impossible to, to pick just pick one. one favorite disney parks memory um oh, yeah i, that was, I was your also... answer for a second <laughs> nope not answer yet <laughs> not answering not answer um I don't know. I was also going to talk about our son riding a roller coaster for the first time. It's it was it just was like a memorable magical thing. And there is something when you have kids and I, I 
going to Disney without kids is like we said at the beginning of the episode, totally enjoyable and something that we're we want to do. really hoping to do. But seeing kids who like honestly believe what they're seeing is is magical. It's incredible. And so seeing my nieces interact with the princesses and stuff like that, but of course having my own kid when he met Peter Pan, even like for the first time at a year and a half, and I have this picture where his eyes are just lit up. It's almost like in the picture, it looks like we're trying to hold him back from getting to Peter Pan. Um, just just stands out as like memorable. But I think the most memorable character interaction that we had, so in the vein of characters make good memories, is uh, our interaction with Aladdin on our last trip, who, you know, for whatever reason, picked out our kid in line before he'd even gotten to him and was talking to him about him eating spring rolls and oh hey what you got there and don't let a boo get that and you know it was just funny and then when we got there he took the extra time to ask him what his wishes were he like was like drawing on a card and i don't know yeah just took the extra time yeah so the, so the extra magic yeah so i guess my generic answer is just the character interactions you know there's people in there you know you know they're adults but they create magical moments, and that the, the one with Aladdin is the one that sticks out the most. Mm-hmm. Sorry, long-winded answer. Yeah, there's just I don't, so I don't many. have anything so concrete. So, well, I think we experienced that on our most recent trip with our niece. So, yeah, it is just so fun. You know, everything's exciting. Every day's a completely new day, and it like never gets old. You know, she could see the same thing twelve times. We rode the teacups. So many times because hmm. she just <laughs> loved looking at everything. And it's it was so simple, but it was so fun. When it was like every time yeah. we, we ate at Garden Grill in Epcot, the one that spins. And so the restaurant was empty because we ate it in like the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> we saw Chippendale probably 40 times. And us as adults were like beating our heads against <laughs> like, please, Chippendale, just skip us. But like our yeah. niece got more and more excited every <laughs> single yes. time they came by. Yes. So I do think that that is there's so much truth to that that character interactions, seeing them through the eyes of a child, and and you know these are the characters that they spend every day with watching on TV, seeing them in real life, and being able to touch them. I think is something that we take for granted for sure. Yeah, as adults. Well, good deal. We made it to the end of the fast pass round been over our suggested time limit but those are always our favorite episodes because there's so many fun tangents and getting to know more about you guys and your story so the last question that we will leave you with is something we ask all of our guests so if you had one piece of parting guidance that you would give to someone who's looking to jump in and become a content creator or maybe they want to open up their own shop just something that they want to do what would be your advice to that person I think um, what Catherine was saying, like when when it's fun, you're not working, you know, in regards to Yeehaw Bob and just like in what we've been doing um, has been really enjoyable. And I think that comes across in our content or hopefully it does. And that's not to say that there aren't times that we, you know, where it's not hard or we don't want to do it and or we don't have to put forth work or kind of persevere when challenges do arise. But um, like if you can find the joy in what you do, then, or, you know, to go back and like also we're talking about to go back and, you know, why are we doing this in the first place? And 
you know, what does bring us joy about this project um, to just hold on to that and to, to do it, you know, while it is enjoyable or to keep that joy in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say a lot of people will get hung up on, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the right equipment. And when people get started, no one knows what they're doing. And you tip, you probably don't have the equipment that you would want. So start with what you have, just dive in, don't worry about it. It's not going to be good. And you have to be okay with that. Like you're going to look back on it in a year and be like, Oh, I hope no one listens to episodes one through eight or whatever, which will tell people like start, I don't know, start at like 20. Um, but, but it's fine. It's like we would, you would, you don't get to episode 20 if you don't start episode one. So you have to jump in at some point. Um, you don't have to go about out and buy a bunch of equipment, but if you make it, to, you know, set goals for yourself. If you make it to a certain point, let's say that was, I just want to do 10 episodes or 10 videos or whatever it is. And you're like committed. Well then yeah, save up and buy that microphone or that camera that you are going to take this to the next level. But don't, don't start with that. Start with just giving it a go. Mm-hmm. I love that advice for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I'm definitely one of those people that it's like, Oh, I, Catherine, I can't take pictures on this next trip. I don't have a mirrorless camera. Like what oh am I going to do mm-hmm. with my yeah. old clunky DSLR? Like, <laughs> you know, there's just always yeah. these excuses that you put forth and getting past those things and just realizing that it's going to be a growing experience. I think is so valuable for people to realize early on. So I love both of your answers. I think that is really solid advice for any of our listeners. Yeah. So the last thing we want you guys to do is remind all of our listeners where they can connect with you guys on social media. Sweet. So you said at the beginning of the episode, we have a website, partofourworld.net. You can find literally everything about our show there and you can connect with us on social media and stuff like that. But uh, if you want to talk with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at P-O-O-W podcast. And on Instagram, we're part of our world podcast. Yep. And on the gram, you'll be talking with Rachel. So. Yes. Good deal. So we will put the links to all of those in our show notes. Of course, you guys can pop over there. Highly suggest connecting over with Keenan and Rachel. It's been so much fun to learn more about part of our world podcast today and learn more about you guys as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for thanks having so us. Thanks so much for having us. Glad we could make it happen. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.